Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 53. And today I am finally going to be talking about UNC football again. I'm so excited for this episode. It's been a bit of an up and down season, and I want to give my thoughts to you on how the season has gone so far from my point of view. So let's just hop straight into it. So the last time I talked to UNC football, we were 1-1. One one. We had the opening loss to Virginia Tech as, as the 10th uh, ranked team in the nation. Very disappointing loss. Then we bounced back in an easy win over Georgia State, and we were like, okay. The Virginia game, I think I mentioned, can't remember if I talked about it, but I, in my head, this was the biggest game of the season. In terms of this could determine if we are a 500 team or if we can actually make a run at the ACC title. It turns out that game didn't even matter. Now we beat UVA, and I'm going to run down through the games that we've played in so far, but we are currently 4-4. Four and four. We are a 500 team. And I'm going to get into all the reasons why. Because, man, I have some thoughts about the team and our offensive play calling and our defense as a whole. Because we should be better. Our team is better on paper than our record shows. So I might, maybe I'll be a, little bit, a, a bit more fiery this episode because there's a reason to be critical of this team who had such high expectations. And especially with how the ACC has panned out this year, this team could have be, been at the top. Not Wake Forest, not Pitt, not NC State. And we are playing all three of those teams during the last stretch of the season. So let me just start recapping the season so far. We beat UVA 59-39 in what was one of the most fun sporting events I've ever been to. I was in the front row at this game. It was so hype. We finally beat Virginia in football or basketball. I mean, it, the offense, 59 points, wow. We ran the ball really well. Ty Chandler and Caleb Hood were showing shades of Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Josh Downs was unstoppable. His catch in the back of the uh, end zone, the, the back right corner, was unbelievable. And Sam Howell had, his, had a very good game as well. He's, he's been a bit up and down this season. But what impressed me about this game was the balance of offense that we have not seen in some future games. We ran the ball really well. Passing the ball, I think we spread the ball around pretty nicely, even though Downs has by far been the number one receiver on this team. And I thought the defense held its own in the second half after UVA scored three touchdowns unanswered to take a 28-24 lead. And just, just a quick mention here about UVA football, because I'm obviously a UNC fan, I don't like UVA, but I'm going to shout out Brennan Armstrong real quick. Coming into the season, I remember playing him last year, and I thought, I thought the guy couldn't throw the ball. I thought he was all legs. I thought his throwing motion was whack. It still might be. But, man, he threw all over us. Now, I know it's because UVA ran the ball like four times. But Brennan Armstrong had close to 600 yards against UNC. And now that might not be saying that much with how terrible our pass defense is. But that dude can sling the ball, and he showed it. He threw the ball really, really well. Dontavion Wicks, Kemp, uh, Thompson, the uh, – I can't remember his first name. Maybe – I, yeah, I can't remember, but he's the guy listed as a football player because he plays every position on the field. He was throwing all over us. And he, he's definitely surprised me in the ACC with how good he has been throwing the football. So I just want to give us a quick shout there. There could be a couple people out there. I, I mean, I know who you are who are UVA fans, and I'm going to shout out your quarterback right there. So uh, he, that duel between Armstrong and Sam Howell was super, super fun to watch. Again, just being front row at a game, it's like no other. 
that is going to get me into the next game. Away at Georgia Tech in uh, the Atlanta Falcons Stadium, and we got smoked. 22-45, to we lost by 23 points against a team that is really not that good. Sims, their starting quarterback, who did not start the game, we were unprepared for him. It showed a lack of preparation. And through this part of the season, the Virginia Tech game reminded me of the Florida State game from last year when we were the fifth seed overall. And it was close, and maybe we should have pulled it out, but we didn't. This game reminded me of the UVA game from a year ago because we just got outplayed. And that's exactly what happened in this Georgia Tech game. Sims was running all over us. We still can't stop a mobile quarterback. I don't know how Jay Bateman just can't figure it out. Put a QB spy up. Put a contain. I don't know how hard is it. I know it's not matted, but I'm smart enough and know football enough, I believe, to know that you just should have a spy. Have one player, whether it be Jaquarius Conley or Gimmel or Asante or Gray or whoever, just eye the quarterback, especially if he can run the ball. And we just weren't prepared for Sims. We were prepared for the guy who started. Can't remember his name because he didn't play well. It might have been Yates. That might have been his last name. I don't have the roster sheets up in front of me, but that game, so, so disappointing. That dropped us to 2-2. Two and, two. and But then I'm looking on the, at the next three games. Duke, Florida State, Miami should all be wins. We beat Duke 38-7. to seven. That's I mean, Duke is just a terrible, terrible football team. It's always great to win the Battle of the Bell. That was cool. But then the loss to Florida State, again, we still can't beat Florida State. Jordan Travis looked like the second coming of Michael Vick. Now this guy, I saw him at the start of the season. He was terrible. He, he was turnover prone. And again, he, he looked like just another quarterback who could just run the ball. But he was, not only did he run all over us, but he threw the ball especially well. Threw the, the deep ball well. We got burnt so many times against a team that was 0-4 to start the season and lost to Jacksonville State, who was an FCS team, on a Hail Mary because they didn't know how to play prevent defense. It was one of the most embarrassing performances I've seen from this football team in the past two years. And there have been a few of them, especially this season. But we just, it just, I don't know what it was. Jordan Travis just outplayed Sam Howell. Simple as that. And their defense got to us, and it was just another one of those games where the defense couldn't get a stop and the offense couldn't get going for a period of time. Then we went back to Chapel Hill for a third game in a row, hosting Miami in what was a thriller, another very fun game. I was front row again. Don't know how I keep getting these seats, but I'll take it. 45-42. We almost blew it at the end. Cedric Gray played hero ball. Two interceptions this game. He had the game sealing one off of uh, the tip pass. Can't remember who tipped it, but... This was a game that we should have won by more than a field goal. Should not have come down to the wire like this. The biggest thing, and when I talk about play con, I'm going to emphasize this. We were up three with like three minutes to go. And we took the ball out of Sam Howell's hands. We ran the ball three times. We didn't give Sam an opportunity to clinch the game, to seal the game. Our potential first-round pick quarterback who has shown an ability to make plays with his arm and his legs. We go, I believe, like two halfback draws up the middle from the shotgun. And we set up a third and long. And I think we ran the ball again. We just like ran a bad pass play. But that bothered me that game, that we didn't give Sam a chance to win it, to seal the deal. But either ways, Cedric Gray got the game-winning interception with seconds left. We escape with a win against Miami. 
And then lastly, this past weekend, we lost to 11 seed Notre Dame, 34 to 44. And actually, what was a very good showing from the Tar Heels against a very good Notre Dame team that we just can't seem to beat. The defense was awful again. Kyron Williams, that 90-yard run, how embarrassing was that? I mean, it looked like it was going to be a four-yard loss, and then all of a sudden he takes it up the left sideline and no one touches him. I just don't understand how that play happened, I guess. It just doesn't make sense. The defensive line is terrible. They can't get pressure. With rushing three or four, or we blitz, we just can't get pressure. This defense can't guard anybody. We can't stop the run. We struggle stopping the pass. And Notre Dame did whatever they want, and it showed. So that's kind of my analysis of the season. I thought our defensive showing was poor in the Notre Dame game. When we needed a stop, we couldn't get it. The offense did their thing. 34 points against the Notre Dame defense. That's always pretty solid. So getting into some stats. Sam Howell, so far, 2,192 yards, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 63% completion percentage. Running the ball, he has 114 attempts. He has 794 yards, but including the yardage off of loss and like sacks because... That's how college football counts for running. He has 595 total with six rushing touchdowns. So 25 total touchdowns. He is now first on the UNC all-time passing yards list. And he's really shown that he's a dual-threat quarterback. Last season, we did not run him that much. We were scared to run him. But he has really shown an ability to make good reads on read options. He is hard to take down. He has bounced off of tacklers time and time again. Had a huge run like that against Georgia Tech. Did one against Miami. Had a nice rushing touchdown against Notre Dame. I think this will help his draft stock because he has shown some mobility instead of just having to sit in the pocket. So I think that's been a good sign for Sam Howell, showing that he is a versatile dual threat quarterback. Now our primary running back, Ty Chandler, I think he's been pretty solid. 121 attempts, 671 yards, 9 touchdowns. Obviously hasn't been Javante Williams or Michael Carter, but I think he's been a lot better than people are probably giving him credit for. He, he had a very nice game against Notre Dame. I thought that long 55-yard rush was really, really good by him. And I also think not having Caleb Hood for a good part of the season has hurt because we put in DJ Jones. I don't think DJ Jones is that good. I would have much rather have Hood in there. But for a one-year replacement with what Chandler is going to be because he is a graduate student, fifth-year player. I think Chandler's been a solid, solid back. There have been some games he doesn't run with much urgency, but I think he has really shown to run hard, and he has power. He's got speed. So I think trying to beat some teams that are ranked better than us right now with three ranked opponents coming forward on the schedule, he's going to be crucial. Because if we don't establish the run, we don't set up our deep play action, and Sam Howell is under pressure to do pretty much everything. Receiving the ball, by far our best player of the season, Josh Downs, 70 catches, 979 yards, 8 touchdowns through 8 games. He's contending for the Blitnikoff Award. He was up there, I mean, Drake London, who just, he, he's out for the season now with an ankle injury out of Southern California, he was definitely up there to win that award. And he's only a sophomore, but he's contending with Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson. And he could, I don't know how those other guys are doing statistically, but Downs could be considered one of the front runners. So, so shifting the open field. We're getting him the ball on screens, quick slants, and he's so open for the deep ball all the time because he's so fast and he has great route running, great technique. 
he's just been so much fun to watch. And he's going to keep it up. That 7-11 connection that we love talking about, it is always open. He had 10 catches for, I think, 143 yards against Notre Dame. And we have him, thankfully, for next season because the rest of this receiving core has really disappointed. And I'm going to get into that later. Moving to the defense, two interceptions by Jaquarius Conley, Cameron Kelly, Cedric Gray. I would say for the most part, I think JQ has probably been a, one of our best defensive players, especially early on in the season. I thought he played with a lot of passion and came up at the right time with interception. He had a uh, forced fumble against Georgia Tech. He just had a knack at the start of the season for getting these turnovers, and I thought he was a very aggressive player in our secondary. Cedric Gray has come out nicely, kind of replacing Eugene Asante because very raw, very athletic, but didn't necessarily have the IQ or awareness that I'm sure Mac Brown wanted at the linebacker position, so he slotted Gray in there, and I think he's done a nice job. He leads the team in tackles, 46 tackles. Gemmel has 43, who he's been a pretty solid Chaz Surratt replacement. Obviously not the same type of player as Chaz was because he was just a tackling machine and so, so smart. And then I do think up at the defensive front, I think Miles Murphy has definitely been our def best defensive lineman. I think he's done a great job disrupting the run, getting some QB pressures. Although I think that unit of the team has been underwhelming. And then a player that we've all kept our eyes on, Tony Grimes. No interception, but six pass breakups. I think he's been our most consistent corner. So that's kind of the stats. I'm going to get into some takeaways for me. And I've already mentioned it a little bit, but I'm really going to go in depth on them. Sam Howell, he's been good. Shown that he's a dual threat quarterback. Maybe at this point we expected better. A potential Heisman candidate got a lot of preseason hype. And I think the biggest thing for me is the turnovers. Seven interceptions. He's got three, four, maybe five fumbles. He had, a, he had like three in the Georgia Tech game. He just couldn't hold on to the ball. The turnovers are a bit concerning when you look at draft projection. And this is a guy who's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in his class, especially with how much it's altered this season. Because I don't think Howell has lost any draft stock, but I don't think he's really gained any. That's the thing. He's just been good. He's been pretty bad in some games. The Georgia Tech game and the Virginia Tech game were his worst games of the season. But then he's had great showings against Virginia, Miami. I think he played pretty well against Notre Dame, aside from that really bad decision, that interception he threw looking for downs and double coverage. That was just a poor decision. He just forced it there. And then another thing for me with Howell is he always looks to make a play, which I like. But sometimes you just have to throw the ball away. A play's not there. He will tuck it and try to run around. He'll take a sack. He'll lose yards. He'll risk getting hit and fumbling the ball again. If you're out of the pocket and there's nothing there, just throw it out of bounds. Live to play another day or another down. But overall, I, I think giving a grade for how I would say B plus, A minus. I think he's been, I, I'll go B plus just to give a definitive answer. I think he's been pretty good. Defensively, this defense is terrible. Returning 10 starters or 9 starters, there is no reason this team should be giving up 40 points a game, which is what it seems we are. I mean, just going down the list, UVA 39, 45 for Georgia Tech, Florida State put up 35, Miami put up 42, Notre Dame put up 44. We can't get pressure on the quarterback. We can't pass cover. Kyler McMichael, thank goodness he's been benched. And I don't like getting critical about my own UNC players unless... They, I don't want to say they deserve it, but he's not playing up to his ability. 
Kyle McMichael, just, he is a big play waiting to happen, whether it's him missing a tackle or being terrible in deep press coverage. He, he had to be benched because it just wasn't working. He, he just was, he was terrible. Every game you give up a deep, a deep touchdown and I'm just like, why is this guy still in? And I hope he can improve and get better, but man, he was just killing our defense with these big plays. I think Trey Morrison's been pretty good for the most part, but he had a terrible penalty on a fourth and three that really changed the game for uh, giving Notre Dame a new set of downs. Linebacker-wise, I think Gimbel's been not great in pass coverage. Pass coverage-wise, it's just bad. We Again, we gave up close to 600 yards to Brennan Armstrong. We let Jordan Travis, I mean, run all over us with his read options, but then make deep throws with his play-action plays. It's just not a good defense. It's That's all you can say. The stats prove it. And the eyeball test proves it well because this team, they just don't get many key stops when you need them. When the offense is within a score, this team, can, this defense can never answer the call, and it's very frustrating because I know this team has talent. Grimes is an extremely talented cornerback. Guys up front, Miles Murphy, Tamon Fox, we need more from them if we want to make a bowl game because, again, games against number now number nine ranked Wake Forest, Pitt is ranked, NC State is ranked, three games against ranked ACC opponents. We need to win at least two of these to make a bowl game. A bowl game is on the line. In order for us to do that, to win one of these games, our defense is going to have to be stellar. Moving back to offense, the rushing to attack, it's still good, but it's not the same, obviously, when you have two NFL running backs uh, at your disposal out of the backfield. That's going to be really helpful. And then at the wide receiver spot, Josh Downs is really the only guy Sam Howell can look to throw to. As we've seen in recent weeks, we Choffrey uh, Brown has entered the transfer portal. Now Emory Simmons has entered the transfer portal. Very surprising move seeing Simmons get benched. We had Justin Olsen slotted for him. Not the biggest fan of him, especially early on in the season. Uh, that pick against Virginia Tech still gets on my nerves. It seems, I mean, every time the ball comes his way, I feel like something bad's going to happen because it has. I think Antoine Green has actually been a decent number two. He played very well in that Notre Dame game. So I, I, I like what he's done production-wise, but it's just been downs. He's been the only guy who can consistently get separation and get open, and we're force-feeding him the ball, and it's, being, it's becoming predictable. I think Kamari Morales has done a really good job at the tight end spot. He's kind of replaced Walston as our main pass, pass catcher. But this offense, for me, and this is going to get into my last point, has become way too predictable, and it's because of play calling. Against Miami... We ran like six plays. A read option for Sam Howell for a run, a halfback screen, a wide receiver screen, quick slants to Josh Downs, and then a couple more run plays. Or that little, like, that nice play action, tight end motion across to Walson that we like to run for the in the end zone, which I actually like that play for a red zone play, but the play calling was too shallow. And we opened it up against Notre Dame, which I really liked. I think Phil Longo called a pretty good game. That fake wide receiver screen that sent Antoine Green deep for that touchdown. Great play call on a third down. Great play call because what have we done so many times? That little fake bubble inside screen to downs. Notre Dame was reading it well. So we run it a couple times. We get risky with it. And then we run the fake screen to Green. I think that was a very creative play call. But sometimes our red zone offense 
is just predictable. Run, play, run, play, pass. Or we're just going to run slants again. So I think in order to succeed against these opponents moving forward, Bay, uh, not Bateman, Longo is going to have to really open up this playbook like he did against Notre Dame and have a more versatile play calling game. Because if we run another screen and it gets picked off for a touchdown, I think I'm going to lose my mind. Because everyone sees it coming. How many times are we going to run the ball on first down for a yard? Because people t see it coming. So to wrap this up, looking at this team overall, it's clear to say that with the expectations we had, it's a disappointing season. 4-4 four and four is not what we were hoping for by any means. But we need to now change our expectations to make a bowl game and win a bowl game. Because if we lose three of our next four games, we're not making a bowl game. Even at six and six, we might not make a bowl game. I think it's important that we get to seven wins. And I think it's doable. Wake Forest is not as good as their record. I know they're 8-0, but who have they played? They haven't played anybody. The best team they have played so far will be us. They haven't played a ranked opponent. They will not play a ranked opponent, I don't think. So this is a very winnable game in Chapel Hill with the crowd. We beat Wake last year with the same, pretty much the same team that Wake had. I know we don't have the same guys running the ball, and the defense hasn't played as well, but we can 1,000% beat Wake Forest. We are favored by like two and a half. I'm expecting a win against Wake. I think they are not as good as the, as as advertised as the ranking shows. The College Football play, Playoff Committee, which, I mean, not to get into it so much, but their ranking system sucks. We need an 18 playoff, but we're gonna beat a top 10. I think we're gonna beat this top 10 ranked Wake Forest team. Because I don't think they're that good. Going up against Pitt. Kenny Pickett, he's gained some hype. Then they lose to Miami and the hype kind of goes away. He was getting the hype that Sam Howell should have gotten. Or could have gotten. So I think that's going to be a really good duel between two very good quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett's good. But when he's getting Heisman hopes, come on. The ACC sucks this year. And then the biggest game, NC State. We know how badly State wants to beat us. But we just got to put them back in their place. This is what UNC does. Beating State's always good. So that's really that's going to wrap up this episode. I think we can finish the season 7-5. I think our loss is going to come against Pitt. I think we'll beat Wake. We'll beat NC State. We'll beat Wofford. And we'll finish 7-5, make a bowl game. But that's kind of my recap of the season so far. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys agreed with what I'm saying. Or if you disagree, I mean... If you follow me on social media, definitely let me know what you think about the offense. How do you feel about the play calling? Defensively, what do you think we can do better? I think defensively, sending more heat, more pressure off of blitzes would help kind of rattle quarterbacks more because they're getting too comfortable when we just rush four because we're just not getting pressure. But with that being said, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to 125 Unfiltered, and I'll speak to you next time.